Hello and welcome back to Stories RPG, the podcast where we tell stories better together. And today we are beginning a new arc. Um, everyone, this is Luna Uni, which is a science fiction futuristic um, school-based research-focused zany madcap romp. You'll you'll all get into it, but. To tell this story, I am joined by a cast of illustrious storytellers. Uh, first off, everybody, I would like you to welcome my co-host and uh, and co-creator of the show, Dan Hines. Oh, Dan Hines sometimes, but today I am Zark Zappum. Dang, you've already got a name and you're yeah, ready to yeah. go? We'll that's, that's, I, that's, yeah. that's how I'd like to be addressed. I'm Zark Zappum. I like, okay, Zark, apologies. I didn't mean to come out the gate calling you by the wrong name. Um Scriv, do you want to go by another name? Everybody, you probably know Scriv is Animus, but I'll let Scriv introduce herself. Yes, yes. So, hello, I am Scriv the Bard, but here, as a loony, I am Theodora, or Theo, or Dora. Or Ted? Or Ted, you know, okay, that's I'm fine. There are so many possibilities with that name. As long <laughs> as it is some derivative of Theodora... And not offensive. I'll probably answer to it. We will roll with it. So Dora the Explorer is on the table then? or It absolutely is. All right, I'm take that <laughs> I off. think okay. it's too, it's like perfect because y'all will be doing some exploring. I kind of love Dora the Explorer. Ready to go. And finally, last but most definitely not least, uh, everyone, I would like you to meet Mo, the illustrious Mo Poplar. Uh, I'm going to be going by Mo the Poplar until my character has uh, depth <laughs> and background. <laughs> Fair enough. So meta. <laughs> Mo is a podcast creator and storyteller, um, creates the Bunamigos podcast, which y'all should definitely check out. Woot woot. And I will also say hello. I'm Michael. I realize I never say my name on air. I'm Michael Lowe. I run luckoflegends.com and I'm also a co-creator of storiesrpg.com. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, um, a little bit about the world. Um, this is what we call a session zero. It's the it's it's when you start a story game. If you when you start to build those characters together, you want to talk about what the world is like and make some decisions about your characters and kind of discuss it as you're building them together and creating those lines for your character in Stories RPG. It can help to hear from the other players what they're going to do and get an idea of how these characters are going to get along and and how they feel about each other and themselves. So I want to give you a couple of things about the world. So here's the background for this setting. When human beings finally made it off Earth, we never imagined, how could we, what was waiting out there? As soon as we made it outside of our galaxy, we found nearly every planet we came to was inhabited. 
Come to find out the progenitors, an ancient people, nobody's certain what they were like. There are many myths and legends traveled throughout the universe, seeding all the planets with life. And one of the reasons that humans were so late to the game was we were sort of at the tail end of the progenitor's journey through the stars. So we were kind of the last little backwater planet that had some life dropped off. Um, All the other worlds were fully populated. Now, you might imagine that this would cause some conflict, but in fact, the peoples of the core worlds have established, along with humanity, a pretty convenient, comfortable life. Um, most of the core worlds get along. They're peaceful. They're sustainable. They are, they're, they're, they're lovely places to live. There's no hunger. There's no war. There's no poverty. There's a lot of great, uh, you know, great environmental um, protections in place for every environment. And ultimately, this has made the core worlds immensely boring for a certain segment of kids. That's where you come in. In this future, you're going to take on the role of punk scientist kids. You find your worlds boring. You find all of this really reliable, stable stuff that this universe does so well incredibly mind-numbingly boring. And uh, you have, each of you, gotten in trouble on your respective core worlds for doing things that, uh, let's just say, upset the peace and order of your of your homes. Now, what exactly you did and what kind of super science hijinks you got up to is completely up to you. But whatever it was, it was in some way dangerous, risky, unfortunate, disturbing. And we'll begin with uh, y'all having to face the consequences of your actions together. But don't worry about that right now. Right now, I want you to worry about, one, what kind of otherworlder are you? And we'll get into this, but a good rule of thumb, never ever, and I'm only going to say this once, never use the word alien. It's the last time I'm going to say that word. Because that word is a curse. It's an invective because it others people. It suggests you're from not here. Everyone is a an other to somebody who's not from the same planet, right? So the polite term is otherworlder. That recognizes that this is somebody from some other world. The, uh, the honorific term, if you want to be really, really polite and really sweet about it, is you can call someone descendant. Descendant emphasizes that everyone is descended from the progenitors. They've done research and they've found that all life is connected. They all can be traced back to the progenitors. So if you call somebody descendant, you're saying, we're connected, you and I. Otherworlder says, okay, you're from somewhere else. But never use that A word. That's it's just bad. Don't do it. Um, unless you want to start fights, you know. Also, noteworthy, you can create any kind of otherworlder people you imagine, whatever kind of physiology or like homeworld you want to imagine. It's out there in the myriad stars. This is a vast setting, but you can also be a bot. Robots are officially considered people. They, uh, they struck and they, they shut down the core worlds in order to get recognized as descendants themselves. So all AI, all robotics are considered to be full descendants and as a result are accorded all the same rights as other peoples. Now, that has an important important element to it. 
If you're imagining a character and you want to be like, oh, and I have this little robot who's my little pet, blah, blah, blah. No, you're a parent. If you go creating robots, that's literally like having a baby. So you better be ready to take responsibility. If you are yourself a robot, you know, that's lovely. And we could talk about some of the details of that as y'all start to imagine your characters. But to get you started, um, I've created a few slides to give you ideas about the kind of super science uh, punk kids you might want to create. You can look on here at all the different character sheets. You might be a bio nerd. Bio nerds are into hacking life, uh, boutique mutations, understanding how life works. You might be a techno punk. This is somebody who's into the, the mechanical and electrical side of things. Maybe they're a hacker or they're really into to computers. You might be a rocket jockey. This is somebody who's into speed and piloting, um, especially going very, very fast when you're not supposed to. You might be what's called a tweener. A tweener is somebody who is really interested in the connections between different peoples. They're really good at learning different languages, studying different cultures, and sometimes messing with culture, which is its own, you know, creepy thing. Or you might be a webhead, somebody who's into sort of the systems of planets and how all the species on them interact. Um, these are just basic ideas, but I want you to think in terms of what is your nerdy scientific obsession? And how did you get in trouble for that? What kind of naughty things did you get up to that your core world didn't appreciate? So I'll let y'all take a look and sort of think through what you want to be, what, what, which one of these inspires you. And remember, none of these are meant to limit you. They're just there to give you ideas, little story seeds to get your character generation process going. Zarp has a name. I was just curious. Uh, what? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. I shouldn't want to yeah. jump in, but I could definitely go first. I want to hear about Zark Zappum. Dude, Dan, jump in if you got to jump. Yeah. All right. All right. I am Zark Zappum, daring pilot. Some would say thief, but, you know, whatever. It's it's up to the, uh, the authorities to decide that. I lost my first leg boosting cyber sleds on the moons of Saborum Prime. I lost an arm in my right eye in a hack wagon race on the sublight rim and lost my other leg running down solar skiffs on Voltar 2. And after that, I traded in the rest of my body to a wetware scientist who was looking for a pilot for his new hyperlight fighter. Uh, and that was me. Uh, basically, I am now, you know, in all mental ways, I am still myself, but physically I am now basically a brain in a lockbox suspended in selectively conductive nanogel solutions with cascading chain interfaces. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Basically, a brain in a box with a lot of different ports and connections to uh, machines, but apparently getting installed in a um, I now learned illegal hyperlight fighter is uh, you know, not, not something they're thrilled about in the core worlds. And um, somebody, an authority, I'm not sure which government or which authority, but they uninstalled me and they put me in this tin can here I'm in and uh, sent me off to Luna Uni. It's interesting because Luna Uni, y'all, I just want to make this clear. Y'all are going to be the founding class. Luna Uni is just an idea. So where do I think they're sending me? If I, if I, what, what, what would I have been told? So far, all you've been told, all of you is, that you have been summoned to the Council of Descendants to face consequences for your various transgressions. You're not even aware that there are a whole bunch of other kids out there who have similar issues. So this is going to be something we'll negotiate in our first story. 
So at this point, I think you probably have been stuck. I'm imagining this like like a little box with like two little grabbers and two little feet. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's like if you imagine if the government had to supply a robot body, it's just kind of bottom of the barrel. It's like you can tell a lot of other people have used it. It's got like graffiti on it. It's got simple little legs, simple little grabber hands, and there's just really not much to it. It's a very old, very industrial. Can I ask what you were before you were in the grabber? Like, were you a human? Were you another kind of otherworlder? Have you like kind of forgotten? Like if somebody asked you, would you be like, I don't know. I just got rid of that, that meat. It wasn't useful. I want to plug in. Yeah, I'm not so much against the meat. I still got my meat brain, which I love very much because it makes me the fastest pilot in the galaxy, at least if you ask me. Ah, so it's all about speed for you then. It's about speed. Need for speed is definitely what my character's all about. He's a pilot. He's a daredevil. He's a, a little bit of a showboat. And um, yeah, he has uh, crashed a lot. It's He's not necessarily the best pilot, but he is the fastest for what that's worth. Okay, question. Is that, is that your drive? Like go faster? My drive is to find a, uh, I want to find the fastest body for my brain. I had a great starfighter, but now mm. that was taken from me by the government. I got to find something new because this loner body isn't going to, that's not going to hold me over for long. I feel like, so I have a, I have a little bit of a question. Sure. I want to kind of know, because saying you want the fastest body, that's almost more of a goal than it is a drive. The drive is the thing, like, let's say you had the fastest body. What would get you up every day? Like, that's the reason I asked about need for speed. Because if you achieved your goal and you had the fastest body possible, what would keep you moving? Looking for a faster body. So you're, this is just an endless quest? I just want to be the fastest, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, it's some sort of obsession on your part with speed. Speed, proving myself. It's, it's a lot of things tied up in there. But yeah, it's definitely speed focused. Okay. But there's some sort of proving yourself. And I, yeah, I, I'm curious about that element too. Have you got your special or any of your other lines? Oh, sure. Uh, oh, and to answer your earlier question, I think I'm probably some kind of uh, just sort of a sort of a mutt, maybe a human hybrid, maybe, you know, not exactly 100% sure of the lineage. Does stuff ever get mixed up on those core worlds? Is that possible? Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, here's the thing is all beings are descended from the progenitors. So they have the technology to allow um, all the different peoples to um, have whatever kind of offspring they'd like, as long as they're into that and it's consensual. You can create families between different core worlders, and that's perfectly acceptable. Everybody's down with it. Now, of course, some core worlders are dissimilar enough that they might either culturally or physically not be that excited about partnering with one another. But, you know, that's up to the individuals in question. Yeah, some kind of mix. And I got some lines here. I think drive, find the fastest bodies. My downfall is uh, just a reckless need for speed, but certainly not reckless with a W, which means I do crash a lot. <laughs> Maybe it is a reckless slash reckless. Reckless, yeah. reckless. Both oh, recklesses no. need for speed. The skill is- Stop um, laughing silently, you two. Yeah. You get to laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it might be distracting. <laughs> they're both chuggling. You can't see them. They're laughing. <laughs> yeah, they're all laughing at my great jokes. Don't worry. You just can't hear it, everybody. I am blown away by the masterful storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the skill is uh, piloting anything that flies. Yeah, anything I can get my hands and eventually claws and then finally my- um, anything that my uh, brain cube could connect to. And that is, uh, that is my gear, by the way. I, have, uh, I think my gear is that lockbox. Again, 
suspended in selectively conductive nanogel solution with cascading chain universal interfaces, <laughs> which basically is just a mumbo jumbo I made up, which means I am a brain and a shielded box gives me everything I need. And uh, it can connect to sort of universal connections. It's got Bluetooth, HDMI, USB-C, and all the new stuff. All of those are so outdated. It's got to be like, you know, hyperspectral third wave. Keep using, by the way, I just want to say this. Everyone, embrace your technological mumbo jumbo, please. Mumbo jumbo it up because this is the far future. Make up weird tech that you can be obsessed with and use for weird stuff. That's 100% what y'all should be doing. Oh, it's got the new stuff too. It's got your your hyperlight drifters and your um scabatomores and your um flipendo CD drives. But it also has just like your RCA cables so I can play Nintendo. You know, it's got a whole range. And and a and a jazz connection. Yeah, exactly. You gotta have one of those. The jazz cables. Um I don't have a bond or quirk yet. I don't I'm not sure about my bond or quirk. Okay. Well, I mean, you are kind of a walking quirk, if I if I may. I kind of feel like you are a quirk. You are a very quirky quirk. I, I you know, I almost wonder if your quirk might not have to do with like it should be something personality based, since your body is is definitely, you know, a temporary business. You um, are more so, than your brain cube. Thank you. Is, yeah, I really you appreciate are your that. personality, right? Like, what yeah. is your personality? What's your weird personal thing? Do you hum all the time? Do you have a weird habit of rhyming? Do you talk constantly? Do you almost never talk? Are you really quiet? Let me think about that. I'll, I'll come back to Bond and Quirk, but that's the gist. Right. That's Zark Zappum, fastest pilot in the galaxy, <laughs> currently in a poor industrial robo body. But, you know, things are... Zark, Zark Zappum, bucket with aspirations of Rocket Jockey Grand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rocket, Rocket Jockey who's been booted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that's it. In need of a reboot. Ooh, yeah. It's a lot. Any of those oh. things would be great. Uh, and in the meantime, <laughs> I'm just kind of uh, on the way to this. Uh, what do you call it? It's not a trial. It's a council. It's a. You've been you've been summoned to face the council of descendants. This is a big deal. These are big deal people, and it's really weird for you. Ugh, it sounds like detention. Being called to the principal's office. Yeah. So I don't have any clothes because, again, it's just a robo body, but I'm on the transport ship and I'm just um kind of idly trying to scrub some of the graffiti off my loner body. Oh, lovely. Yeah. No, no, nobody does detention anymore. They do these absolutely awful um, reintegration programs. I'm imagining that you've all been through all sorts of different like cultural <laughs> reassessment and, and reintegration and values development programs. And yeah, you're all probably sick of it by now. Uh, and that's the reason this is this is the last stop. You're you're being summoned in front of like the big deal, the big deal politicos. <laughs> like people who are important want to talk to you. You. Um, speaking of which, who are you, Scriven Mo? Um, I think I'll have to fall back to my old standby. Uh, I think I'm gonna be playing Yafit Yo. And uh Yafit is a tweener. Uh, Ooh, okay. He is into, you know, just being a popular person and getting to know everybody no. and what they're into. And um, he's taking it to the, a level of sport that is not socially healthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you use? Like, what's the super science edge here? Like, what did you do that lets you be just the most popular person? Um, 
in any given room? I'm a little nervous to ask. So uh, Yafit Yo is uh, a cat-like humanoid who is quite attractive. And um, people, you know, see the hair. Uh, it's always laid. Uh, it's always just so. And my emotive tale is just so charming that it it just really, you know, it gets everybody. Um, Did you biohack yourself? Do you have like, uh, you know, some psychic abilities? Are you messing with pheromones? What's the edge here that makes you just uh, even that much more than just gorgeous? I don't know. I feel like a a charming tail is probably going to do it for most people. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Cats are pretty cute. I'm I'm new to cats and I'm constantly charmed by them. I'm going to tell you, I will never tell. I will never tell if I've been biohacked. And so um, this... This could be a secret. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. That's that's actually a good quirk. Yeah. Like, like it, it's unclear whether you violated any core world laws or not. We just know you've done things with your popularity. Like, each of you has to be thinking, what did you do that got you on the Council of Descendants radar? Because you did something. You did something that messed with a core world's sustainable, peaceful boredom. And I want to know what it is. What'd you get into, Yafit? Um, I had uh, friends on both sides. Um, they didn't know they were sides, but because my drive is to win social interactions, it definitely oh, occurred no. to me that um, pitting two people against each other and kind of getting the margin is a great way to get ahead. Did you start conflict on your court world? Did you start a war or like even like, cause that's unthinkable for most court Look, worlds. They were friends when they started and they'll probably be friends again. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's dark. My, my downfall <laughs> is that I'm too slick and this has got me in trouble before. Uh, my skill yeah. and power is charisma. Uh, uh-huh. My gear is that I have really nice. Scriv skin. let it out. <laughs> It needs to be loud. You're this dying over sounds there. sounds like if I had to name a weakness, it's my drive for perfection. I'm too punctual. I work too hard. Perfection. Very cat-like, though. I buy this as a cat-like humanoid. Like, I'm so buying it. Cat. Very so very cat. cat. Um, I love this. You know, people, they say that I tell lies, and I don't know if that's entirely true. You just tell people what they want to hear. I, I make people happy. It's not my fault they want to hear especially, it. Especially is subjective. Especially if they have things I want. God. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, my gear are my uh, legendary fashionable threads, and uh, my is it like work. an outfit or is it like a wardrobe full? Oh, it's a wardrobe. Okay, love it. You, you, I can imagine you go like holographic, like ever shifting. You could do like. You know, it always wicks away and it self repairs with nanobots, so you always look good. Like you're in the middle of a sewer and you're when it's clean. working. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get. I'm trying to give Michael something. You know, something to work with. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and my quirk is that I'm very empathetic. Um, I I seem to have a sense of what people want, um, and I aim to please. I'm imagining anime sparkles every time you, you know, every time like we do a close up of eyes, there's going to be like a little drift mm-hmm. of glitter off the side. And I don't know why people have a problem with that. You, you sound spectacular to me. <laughs> Scriv, who are you adding to this rogues gallery of, 
of obnoxiously awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think we have enough character right here. <laughs> I don't know. Adding your oh, character to Yafit sounds like uh like a recipe for um explosive so. disaster. Lay it out, lay it I out. I think so, because we we have different ultimate goals, but similar means. <laughs> for achieving those goals it's a dangerous uh, combination so i am theodora theo dora the explorer odo what i go by many names um because to <laughs> be honest theodora is a little bit difficult even for me to pronounce through my beetle pincer face i'm sorry you say beetle beetle pincer face um, I am an rollers. insectoid. Yes, I am an insectoid. Uh, think jewel beetle with very iridescent, shifting green, purple types of uh, shell. I do have wings, Ooh. but I don't fly very well. I do have six limbs. Big eyes, multifaceted which is very, very fun uh, when I am getting into my, let's say, mechanic, meta-mechanic passions, when I am going on outings with my three children. Uh, I do have three robotic children. Uh, Their names are uh, Jimothy, Daniel, and Jamantha. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I I like the... (laughs) Jays are like good with the beetle pinchers. You're like Theodora, I can't do, but Jays, no problem. It sounds like a weird combination between a J and a D, and it's, but you know, Jamantha. Jamantha. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have my three children. Okay. So wait, I want to make this clear. Y'all are teenagers, mm-hmm. y'all are young for your species. Mm-hmm. You're being mm-hmm. caught before you become too troubling and problematic as adults. So. You're basically like a you're you're a teen parent. You and you probably created life before you were supposed to be legal. Like you, there's probably like a licensing pro- process to like probably. be certified by the Robot Liberation Army, which is what they call themselves, the RLA. You have to apply to be granted the ability to raise a robot because that's you know that's the creation of a descendant. And I'm imagining that's at least part of why you're in trouble. Which I think is horribly, horribly oppressive. Who's going to tell me how to live my life? I crave belonging. I crave a hive, a swarm, even. So they are being very, very rude towards me and my children. And I don't want them to talk to my children anymore. Never again. Do not talk to me or my children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let them be with robots. So my drive is to find belonging. Find belonging in this boring, monochromatic world with my family that, yes, I have manifested. Well, okay. So I got to ask about why didn't you find belonging on your core world where, you know, I presume there are other beetle-like people like yourself. What? Why, why were they so unacceptable? Climate change. Okay. Same we more. had to leave the core world. Okay. So we went elsewhere. So where are your people now? Are they like are they like a visiting people on a new world? We have scattered to the winds. We are everywhere. You can find us on every core world. We are very we are very expansive. 
you know, these wings may not fly quite the same way with the varying levels of gravity and atmospheric pressures, but we can travel. We do explore. Okay. Dig it, dig it. Okay, go through your lines. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was mm. just curious. I was like, okay, okay, no, it's okay. no belonging. <laughs> this creating, is helping. <laughs> creating their own belonging. So drive definitely define belonging. Um, my trait that I've chosen, I'm going to skip around a little bit. My trait that I've chosen, I am a very good hacker. As a, I think, quite prolific and skilled technopunk. I like to hack into different systems, to learn code, to learn all these different things. I am largely self-taught, but pretty darn good. Pretty darn good at what I'm doing. All for the betterment of my family. Um, my quirk, I am overly affectionate towards my children. You know, Daniel, oh. Jamantha, and Jemothy are my world. <laughs> that's, that's adorable. And utterly appropriate. I'm going to have fun playing them. They deserve all of the love and all of the good things. <laughs> Just between us. Is there a favorite? No. Okay. Fair, fair. Of course oh, not. How man. dare you? Nice. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that they are. I'm going to I'm gonna just tell you my instinct is. I want to play them mm-hmm. as being horribly obnoxious, like prankish, oh, yes. like terribly behaved, spoiled bot children. Spoiled. Yes. And no, wretched. No, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I expected. Yeah, that's exactly I'm right. overprotective, very it's affectionate. Beautiful. But yeah. without being uh, a helicopter parent, because <laughs> our, we find joy, uh, Daniel, Jamantha, and Jimothy, and, and myself find joy in creating bonds between others. How exactly does bonds. one do that? I think there's a line in this. Tell me, tell me what there y'all do. There is a do. line in this. To connect other living creatures together. Because we know how Yafit does it. Uh, yes. Yafit just gets everyone to be obsessed with Yafit. Um, how, does, how does Dora and how do Dora's kids do this? I have learned over <laughs> my few years <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> my very 13, few years on this planet. 14, my, you know, you know. All the wisdom that a yeah, 12-year-old can have. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, um, 12. I love that it. That people form bonds through challenge, hardship, misfortune, wait, mischief. Wait. Do you cause misfortune for people? What are you telling I me? Wouldn't, I create opportunities. I create experiences <laughs> for people. Never intending to harm or <laughs> or to hurt or cause any any sort of lasting damage everyone's recovered um uh, but <laughs> those experiences of facing some sort of strange unexpected you know uh flip driver in the plans helps people come closer together wait so a minute we, so what i'm hearing is you cause trouble because it makes people's lives emotionally exciting, which allows Enriched. them to bond. Yes, you create memories. Oh, so it's you're fantastic. a prankster. You're a prankster. Excuse me, sir. I'm just <laughs> seems a little reductive. As an author, I'm asking you, not as your character. Some have said yes. You know, my the pranks can sometimes get out of hand. Well-behaved bug women rarely make history, so you know you really gotta push it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, there you go. What did you get caught doing? I know Yafit mm-hmm. has told me, and I know Zark has told me. Uh, Dora, what did you do that they caught you doing that got you fully brought before the council? 
So, speaking of the council, <laughs> every year, you know, there we've got these big celebrations talking about the founding of the core planet and the progenitors and the seeding of life and the blah, 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 blah. You usually have all of these, like, I, I think they used to be called fireworks. Uh, but a lot of these wonderful displays of light and, and pyrotechnics and all of these cool things. And we were so uplifted and inspired by this event of togetherness. You just wanted to help. I just wanted to help a little bit more and make it really memorable. Because let's be honest, you've seen one fancy light show, you've seen them all, and it's boring. It's the same thing every year with the big eyes in the sky, which give me a little bit of a headache to look at it, to be honest. But we may have sent some some explosives going into the council building. Um, just a slight miscalculation, a very, very slight miscalculation. Wait, so, so, so let me get this straight. And, and I know you're um, still in character here, but I want to be clear as authors, <laughs> yes. you rigged the fireworks at the annual Coral World celebration to make them dangerous because obviously the danger would actually achieve the goal of togetherness because people would have to work together and rely on each other in fear. Right? So you ramped up the pyrotechnics. You hacked into whatever computer was managing all of the explosions, <laughs> you and you like actually that. blew some bil- buildings up. You actually blew holes. I did not blow the buildings up. I mean, They're just a them. little bit less whole. <laughs> okay, all right. They're more whole. They're more holy. They're holier and less whole. Yeah, I got you. Okay. How about they're more ventilated? <laughs> ventilated, yes. Air go. quality yeah. is That's important. Right. Yeah, it's hot out here, man. You're doing you're doing um, the space lord's work here. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, explored. The proge- the, it's all in the, the name of the explored. Work. The progenitors You're doing work here. Progenitors work. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So there, there is a little bit of like you know mysticism around the progenitors, and people will swear by the progenitors, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of mystique about the progenitors and who they really were, and everybody's always on the lookout for relics of the progenitors, evidence of their passing. Um, So there's going to be a lot of that. So I think this is a perfect place. Y'all sound like a perfect squad of brats. I could not have designed a squad of of bizarre teenage science rogues better. I love it. I'm super excited to see all the trouble you get into. Um, And I will say that right now, this is going to be, this is the end of session zero. We have everything set for you to face the music and be called before the council. Um, So let's, let's end with just, that beginning scene, you're all on the transport ship. You have been taken to a space station that is known as the seat of the council. It's located at the geographically precise interstellar coordinates of the center of all of the core worlds to represent unity. Um, And you have been summoned before the council. Y'all shuffle up off the transport. And here's the funky thing. There's a whole bunch of other kids with you. they're scrappy, they're scruffy. You see at least, you know, at least a dozen different uh, different species, um, different peoples from all over the, the, the different core worlds. Um, all of them, like, talking, laughing. It's kind of had a party atmosphere on the transport. Nobody was really watching after you. You got shuffled on um, by your various attendants. But then, you know, the ship was, uh, was its own, was its own uh, pilot. So it, it didn't need to worry about you. It kind of let you alone. 
So there's this air of like relaxation. Y'all seem like you're having a great time. And you shuffle off once you port and find yourselves directed by lights on the floor to a door. Um, the door opens and a voice says, step inside and await your audience. All of you step inside the chamber because doors have gone up on either side. I lick the back of my paw and slick my hair back. Yep. Gotta look good. Gotta look good. <laughs> and you walk through and the door closes behind you. All right. You are now ready for your first brush with real consequences. Oh, and that's boy, oh, where boy, I'm going to oh, leave boy. you. Okay. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. <laughs> y'all um well thank you all so much this has been session zero so now we've got our world in mind our characters in mind and i can't wait to get you into the next the next mess um because a good story is always about drama and mess we'll be back with episode one next week and uh i will be joined by the same amazing amazing storytelling crew honestly y'all just y'all really knocked it out of the park with this one i love the characters the characters alone have got me stoked So we will all see you next week for episode one of Luna Uni Year Zero. All right. May the progenitors watch over you. (laughs) May the progenitors be with you. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. See ya.